0: Welcome to the FedHeads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the FedHeads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 130 of FedHeads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. First of all, a couple of things we need to cover on this episode. How do we make it to 130 episodes of this program?
1: It's hard to believe. I don't don't know that I could have counted 130
0: before today.
1: We just keep showing up and doing what they tell us to do.
0: Who is they, by the way? Everybody always says they, and in this case, I wonder who they is. Because if we've done this 130 times, maybe we should have a talk with they and find out exactly what the next step is.
1: Well, you know, it it brings up something really important. As I've been listening to a lot of pandemic podcasts
0: lately there's uh, your first out, mistake right there
1: worked out to nate silver talking about the intricacies of bowling the other day that's mm. how desperate i've gotten wow and on all, all these podcasts spend a great deal of time pouring adulation onto their crack production team which we don't do enough of
0: no that's true we don't um the whole podcast thing is fascinating to me because I have done what you've done. I've listened to some during the uh, pandemic thing, and I've learned a couple of things. First of all, about podcasts, and I'm curious if this fits with what you've heard. Tons of these people on these podcasts take themselves very, very seriously. <laughs> I mean, they are really just the absolute end of the earth. It's really a they're really a big deal. You just have to ask them. Don't you think
1: some someday we'll, we'll aspire to being so full of ourselves that we actually think we're worth listening to. I don't
0: know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that might be a tough pull. This is what's cool though, is not only have we had the opportunity recently to listen to podcasts, you were on one.
1: It is true. Uh, did you catch me cheating on you? No, I, see, I don't
0: podcast? No, See, I don't think about it that way. I just, I no. think that we should get out there and talk about our podcast as much as we possibly can. So I don't look at it that way at all. If you went off and hosted another podcast with somebody else, I think that would be a little bit much. But uh, if if I didn't know about it ahead of time.
1: Right. So I made the mistake of giving a quote to somebody about the president's recent executive order creating new Schedule F. And all of a sudden I'm a media darling, a, a, a Republican... Uh, who's leveling some criticism at some uh, arcane executive action.
0: Oh, you and Ron Sanders.
1: That's right. That's right. My friend, Ron Sanders. Ron Sanders. He He quit. He's actually losing money. So he's got far more skin in the game than I do.
0: Ron Sanders, the chair of the Federal Salary Council. And uh, my colleague, former colleague, Nicola Grisco, pointed out on Twitter, rightfully so, this is probably the most media coverage the Federal Salary Council has ever gotten in its entire existence. And I think she's correct about that.
1: So, and when I saw that, I thought, did Francis give her that line? Because didn't you and I say the same thing to each other like an hour before that?
0: might have been, yeah, it might have been. Uh, I I think she's a wonderful reporter. I don't remember... She had a
1: story before anybody. She had that Schedule F story before anybody. She was the first person to post about it. Uh,
0: That's true, and it's interesting. The whole story behind that Schedule F deal is just... I'm not quite sure what to make of it, because I'm not sure how you look at that. I'm trying to think about it objectively, okay? I mean, everybody, I think, that pays attention, that listens to this podcast knows that you worked in a Republic administration, namely George W. Bush at the Office of Management and Budget. And so, <Lilly singing> wow. sorry. Wow. What where did that come from? At any rate.
1: I don't know. I just thought music should come, you know, George W. Bush.
0: I don't even know how to respond to that, so I'm just gonna go back to the thought at hand, which was as people listen to this podcast You've mentioned that on a number of occasions, I pointed it out on a number of occasions and that's fine. And so I understand why it would make sense for people to ask you once you say this was not a good idea, to wanna ask you more. And I also agree with you, I can't see anything in this that helps me to understand the benefit to the taxpayer in the changes that the administration's proposing under Schedule F. The counts that I've gotten from different experts who know a lot more about this than me is that this could potentially encompass 30, 40,000 jobs in the federal government, maybe more, depending how the agencies classify them. And the agencies will have discretion to move jobs from the civil service, basically, to pretty much at-will employment. And the concern that you expressed uh, on the podcast that you appeared on which we'll talk about in a moment and the concern that Ron expressed in the letter that he wrote to the Office of Presidential Personnel at the White House resigning as the chair of the Federal Salary Council and he talked about it on Government Matters um, last Monday the, was that if these jobs move then basically you've created intentionally or unintentionally that many more political appointees that feel that they will have to advance the agenda of the current administration or lose their jobs. Is that a fair synopsis, and does that express the concerns that you have about it as well?
1: First of all, that was a very long question. So I tried to I tried to stay with you through the
0: whole question. Part of it but had to do with the music, <laughs> the Hail to the Chief music.
1: Okay, so sorry. don't
0: blame it all on okay. me. Okay,
1: so um, first of all, shame on the government and the government management community for not solving yet the time it takes to hire people and the inability to hold people, poor performers accountable. Um, those are among the chief concerns that federal executives have with the way federal agencies are managed today. So if you're asking if there's a conceivable upside to us, uh, the executive order, like the one we're talking about, it's that um, basically with a magic wand, the whole swath of, in, of, of, of positions can now be hired more quickly. And if they're not performing, you can hold them uh, accountable more quickly. But the way it's defined, the way it's defined in the executive order is so vague. And it's so focused on people who are giving policymakers advice that it really does threaten the quality and objectivity of the work you'll get out of this huge swath of the population of federal employees. As I've said several times since the executive order was issued, if civil servants let me do half the stuff I wanted to when I was government, I went may well be in jail. And and you'll you're going to remove that kind of roadblock to um, doing crazy stuff if you all of a sudden make these objective, brilliant, civil servants scared of the consequences of offering fair, smart, objective advice.
0: I apologize for the silence. I listened to every word that you said, but I'm fixated on this cow that is behind your head. You have this this big picture of a painting of a cow and i just don't understand it so it's, i apologize
1: so we, we've got a little theme going here in the basement we put up a we call it the barn so eva sends me to the barn yeah. every day to go to work mm-hmm. uh and I'm.
0: how's it smell down there fine okay doesn't yeah, smell like a fine. barn
1: no nope. okay. we don't let the new cat down here
0: oh, oh you got oh that's right you got a new cat all right. Um, your your exp- explanation of the executive order, I think, is right on point with everything that I've heard from people on both sides of the aisle who are really concerned about it. A uh, uh, friend of mine who's a former intelligence advisor to a, a couple of congressional leaders, very high profile, um, both Republicans, uh, wrote to me when this came out. And the subject line of his email was schedule FU and his message was, now you have something to talk about for a while. And that's kind of the general sentiment. Um, Jeff Neal, the former chief human capital officer at DHS, who was on my show, my TV show with Ron, talking about this, called it an F-bomb on the federal workforce. So I
1: used the same reference. Did you? uh, I I, I
0: mean, the jokes write themselves when you call this (laughs) thing schedule F. It it really, I mean... you can't avoid it it's laying right Right. there you can't it's kind of like that cow picture you can hardly not talk about it that way
1: let's forget the cow i can't it's right behind your
0: head i i'm looking at you on facetime and (laughs) all right so you're just gonna put like a blanket over it yeah it's a good thing you had pants on for this call it doesn't cover the whole... That helps, though. It at least covers the eyes of the cow.
1: Can't wait till we have real guests on.
0: Yeah. Um, they're coming. The uh, podcast that you were on, you were on the GovExec Daily podcast talking about this, and I enjoyed listening to that, and shout out to my fellow podcasters at GovExec, Ross Giafortune, who was the host of that show, and uh, uh, that's the podcast you were on, and I was on a podcast uh, the other week, too. With, uh, really? Brian, yeah, uh, Brian Chittister does a podcast about uh, government information technology and it's really good. And uh, except for the episode I was on because he had a lousy guest that episode. But it um, so, can't uh, be true. It's neat that we're doing uh, this, that we're kind of getting involved in a, and getting our voices out a bunch of different places. I'm happy to see that people are calling on you to do that kind of thing and it's fun to do.
1: It is fun to do it. We 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 can't be as unleashed there as we are here. Um, no, uh, and it was a serious subject. But but um, but I agree with you. Uh, the more outlets we can get to talk about this stuff,
0: the better. So, if someone is listening to this program and hosts a podcast, Robert and I or I will be guests on your podcast. And we're extremely inexpensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We work cheap. Real cheap. Let's get back to Schedule F in the time that we have left. We have a few minutes. What do you think will be the outcome of this? Or is it all based on what happens? This episode's coming out on the day before Election Day. Is this another thing that's on the pile of things that will be determined by what happens tomorrow or whenever it is that we know what the outcome is?
1: Well, you know, the, the immediate question is whether the various lawsuits seeking an injunction of implementation of the executive order are successful. Uh, NTEU has already filed a lawsuit. And I I put pretty high chances that a court views this as sufficiently questionable legally that they would enjoin it. But let's say that doesn't happen, then I think there's there it, it entirely depends on the election. You'll probably see a rush to convert positions to Schedule F in advance of inauguration if Joe Biden is elected. If President Trump is reelected. maybe not the same rush, but you'll you'll have um, you know a longer runway in which to entrench people into this under this new schedule. Um, in which case, I think you'll see Congress get involved because um, I just don't think this survives. Uh, too much of a direct assault on the civil service. And then I hope it motivates people to finally take seriously efforts to improve hiring and finally be able to deal with poor performers. Because anybody you ask in management across government, those issues reach to the top of the ones that are prohibiting them from accomplishing their mission.
0: The formula I hear all the time is I spend 80% of my time on 20% of the people.
1: Perhaps we'll focus some needed attention on that. All
0: right. I I just have one request for as long as we're doing this in this remote environment. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for covering up the cow. And please cover up the cow. It's – I'm begging you. Okay. Done.
1: Done. Whatever you say. Whatever you say, Frank.
0: It's just so hard to concentrate staring at the cow.
1: You're like – your contract's always going to have these – Bunch of different little requirements. No, have I didn't. Tab no. in your in your in your green room. You
0: won't be able with, to. They're getting rid of
1: with it. A cheese plate and
0: uh, getting rid of tab. Oh, that's right. That's right. So they won't. We're going to have to. No, none of that stuff is in my contract, and I don't. I, I mean, I I don't want it. I, it's just a request because I just couldn't focus with the cow. All right, done. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Fed Heads. Brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector.